What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. This summer, click into cordless power with Memorial Day savings at the Home Depot. Tackle more than half an acre of grass with the convenience and gas-like power of the Ryobi 40-volt battery-powered mower. And keep your flower beds looking fresh with the 40-volt cordless string trimmer. Then clear leaves and debris with the 40-volt leaf blower. No cords, no gas, no hassle. Click into Memorial Day savings happening now at the Home Depot and on homedepot.com. How doers get more done. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Welcome to Movie Crush, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Movie Crush, Friday interview edition, the last one. Oh, everybody, it makes me so sad. This will be the last regular weekly Friday interview edition for Movie Crush. Uh, I do already have a guest lined up for August, and maybe I'll try and put out like one a month or something, but this is going to be the last one, and we are going to finish like we started with my friend, the great Janet Varney. She's wonderful. She's funny. She's kind, and she is supportive, and she is encouraging, and she's super talented, and she's just the best. And so Janet agreed to come back uh, to kind of book in Movie Crush and talk about Spirited Away. We uh, we get into some anime talk here. It's all new to me, but it's something that uh, Janet knows uh, quite a bit more than I do about, um, because she voiced Korra. And uh, any fans of Cora know that that's, that's Janet's voice there. So we talk about that a little bit. We talk about her new podcast project where she talks anime and uh, Cora and among other things. And we talk about Spirited Away. And it was a great talk with my old friend. And we also talk a little bit about the show ending. It's a very bittersweet episode, you guys. So I hope you enjoy it. So here we go with Janet Varney on Spirited Away. How are you? I'm I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. I feel like my voice has gotten less shrill when I answer that question, which is a good sign. You know, okay. like the higher. <laughs> I don't know if that's true for you or other people, you know, but I do feel higher, like the, the worse more off you are. Yeah. The more the more people are like, how are you doing? And you're like, I mean, I'm pretty good. I feel like <laughs> right. that's a dead. You're giveaway. really struggling. It's a yeah. dead giveaway. <laughs> Unfortunately, I always I also use that voice comedically. 
So maybe it's a little confusing, but usually when someone sincerely asks me how I am, if I'm if I'm up in that register, I'm hiding a lot. There's a lot of deep pain (laughs) that has pushed. It's it's put the pain has pushed so high up in my body that Uh my vocal cords have been (laughs) condensed. Just Uh a tiny whistle of a noise. Yeah. How about you? I'm I'm fantastic. Oh, shit. We are in trouble. (laughs) This is going to be a rough ride. Uh, Uh, You look great. I like your pink hair. Thank you. um, It's good. Thanks. I really like it. And I feel like people are nicer to me when I have pink hair. And I don't feel like people are not nice to me in general. They are all people are nice. But there's something about my experience of having pink hair is that when people see you from afar, they've already decided that you're fun. Playful. Uh Right. Maybe that you have a little bit of a like it's a little punk rock, but it's like also um, when you see what I wear, it's like I'm wearing a child's T-shirt basically. So it's not like I'm like I don't have like a you know what I mean? I don't have like I wish I had a sleeve. I would be so cool if I had a tattoo sleeve. But uh, so when you put all those things together, I feel Uh like initial just any initial meeting with people, I feel that the niceness and familiarity level is it has is vastly improved from when I just have like blonde hair or whatever. I on, I only wish now that you had duped me with fake tattoo sleeves. Oh, it'd be so cool. Because I would be and you were just like cool about it or whatever. Because yeah. I would I would swear to God I would sit here and the first thing that I would think is have I ever seen Janet's arms before? <laughs> I feel like I've seen her arms before. Why have not seen? Her? Why did I not know that she yeah. had tattoo sleeves? God, that'd be. I mean, there's a, there's a. I, I really understand the level of, like, when you start realizing that you're getting so old that you don't really want to maintain yourself in a certain way for acting jobs. Like that mm-hmm. is, you know, there's there really starts to be this sense of like I just, you know, I I just don't care. I like I don't care and they'll mm-hmm. have to work around it or whatever um and there's something very liberating about that but it's also like or is that just you're, you're accepting that you're going to go into your retirement from that business <laughs> because right you know i don't know that all of a sudden people are going to turn around and be like you know what i love your sleeve yeah we're going to start giving you <laughs> sleeve rolls i just uh turned 50 a couple of months ago janet so oh i know that's a big one Happy birthday. Thanks. I said happy birthday day of. I don't know. Let the, let the record show I said it day of. <laughs> you did. Uh, I was just recording with John Hodgman, actually, literally 80 seconds before you Aww. jumped on. And he said uh, he was talking about you with someone else about something like a role. And he said, well, why not Janet? And then he said he realized that's a great sitcom starring you <laughs> called why not janet and and he said it's up to you now me uh-huh. to go pitch this to you come up with a premise uh-huh. <laughs> and then uh that's the show it feels like i wish that wandavision hadn't all due respect to wandavision which i wasn't maybe not a huge fan of but oh uh, no but they worked real hard on it and mm. there was a lot about it that i appreciated um but that had they not just re- recently revisited the sort of old timey sitcom, I would say why not Janet definitely seems like it was, you know, mm-hmm. competing. And I use that term loosely because no one had ever heard of it, but it was competing against Mary Tyler Moore. Right. You know, <laughs> but no one was watching it because Mary Tyler Moore was a great show. <laughs> I guess the premise would be someone like the character Janet would be someone who is a jack of all trades and kind of like pretty good at everything. Okay. 
All right. So anytime something comes up, they go, oh, why not Janet? <laughs> she's, she's somehow good I'm at insulted. That. <laughs> somehow. Wait, I, Maybe because oh, I'm saying I know you're why. mediocre. <laughs> yeah. Wait a minute. I don't have to think about this that hard. I fully know why that's insulting. <laughs> it's a TV show. It's fiction. <laughs> this is all well and good. I need to go because I got to call Hodgman and find right. out if I have a chance at whatever this thing is. I got to get the, And if a sleeve is going to be a problem because I have right. a lot of work I got to get done on my arm as well. So in your mind, the rewrite is the show is called, of course, it's Janet. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> or it's got to be Janet. Got Yeah, got to be empirically Janet. Janet. Im- <laughs> Empiri- objectively Empiri- Janet. <laughs> that sounds like a little indie movie all of a sudden. But here's the thing. Why not Janet? Sure, that's fine. Maybe that's season one. But how do you keep it fresh? Throw mm-hmm. a comma in there. Why not Janet? And that's right. a, the next season is about her taking chances that she wouldn't ordinarily take living a little, living a little larger. You know what I mean? Take a chance. Why not Janet? <laughs> and then it could just be why question mark and then not janet exclamation point. <laughs> <laughs> don't even know what that means i was just gonna move the comma again and say why, why not janet but then that doesn't really that is, that's about that's the okay. that yours was better i mean it was terrible but it was still better than why comma not jan not janet that does not well i think this is all about beating the dead horse anyway, and we've done that. What is that You're background right. you've got there? Is that real or is that? No, this is a this is just a well, no. tap a, t- a tapestry. <laughs> I mean, yes, I, I realize that you are saying are you are not saying are you in the mountains? Are you in the mountains? Um, I wondered if it was blue screen. It's not a blue screen. It is. A t- it is like an a actual tree. Mm-hmm. That's nice. Yeah, I got a bunch of these. Society Six. It's just oh, yeah? a place where you can get various and sundry goods that are being produced as you know pillows artworks mm-hmm. floor mats and tapestry is among the options do a little landscape photography uh filter and mm-hmm. i now have uh, a curtain next to the one of these is hung next to our bed that's like a desert you know sonoran desert looks like my where i'm from tucson um you know oh, storm cool. clouds uh, uh-huh. over saguaros very pleasant it turned out to be a real like everything I've done, I think, during the pandemic and also every dream I've had during the pandemic has been like transparently like textbook, embarrassingly A to B. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, right. I had a dream. The, I was telling my therapist, well, I had a dream about I think I'm having some like, ugh, you know, like reintegration, anxiety, reopening, all that. And and then on a separate subject later in therapy, I was complaining about a disturbing dream I'd had. And as I was saying, and then all of a sudden I was in like, it was almost like a fabric womb. And I was like trying to get out of the hole. She was like, oh, gee, I wonder, I wonder right. what very direct short line we could draw to another part of the conversation we've had. I was like, yeah. God damn it. Everything I do is like, just teach it in, the, the in pre-cal. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, it's so that's having ta- having f- like fl- Fabric tapestries that represent places I'm not traveling during the pandemic. Uh-huh. It's just so like, yeah, okay, sure. Super creative, Janet. Great job. Those are kind of fun, though. I've had those dreams. I had one when I moved to New Jersey from college. And I moved because my roommate in college, his parents uh, were these, you know, had like corporate CEO types that had the this big house in New Jersey. And they were getting transferred to Australia. And they said, why don't you come up here and live for a few years rent-free and so I followed him up there, but there was also, uh, I hate to say this, there was a girl I was trying to get away from oh, in, in college. Oh, yeah. Uh, there was, it, it wasn't like 
stalker territory, but it was just, it had gotten a little weird. Uh-huh. And so I was like, perfect time to move to New Jersey. <laughs> so I moved to New Jersey and literally the maybe the first night or two that I was there, I had this dream that there was a bear that like came out of the woods in a, in a dress and was and beat down the door of the house and was and was chasing me around the house to kill me. And I woke up and I was like, I wonder who the bear was. <laughs> That's amazing. And it does not help that her name was Stephanie Grizzle. Right. <laughs> <laughs> she made it so easy. If only. Uh, so I want to talk a little bit about the new project that you've been working on because it kind of takes us into the movie that we'll discuss. Sure. Uh, let, I want to hear all about it. Well, so it is a I, I always feel like hesitant to say it's a rewatch podcast because uh, that's kind of not really how I pitched it to Nickelodeon, but Mm -hmm. certainly that is something that Dante Bosco and I are doing together, which is, you know, we're not, it's not like a watch along where, you know, you have to, you have to synchronize it and listen, which I guess there are some that do that, but Uh you know, it's, it's, you know, we talk about everything that's happening in uh, each episode of Avatar, the last airbender to start. Uh, But Nickelodeon's intention is for us to do that with, you know, all three seasons of Avatar and then all four seasons of Korra. And then sort of if, if we can and if it's doing well enough, like to just sort of always be doing this because there are all these, you know, Avatar books and comics and um, Avatar Studios, uh, which Mike DiMartino and Brian Konetsko have founded and is living under the umbrella of Nickelodeon where they get to sort of make a jillion projects over the next like series. I think it's like 20 years um, as they kind of grow out this universe. Um you know, I, I, I'm such a fan of them and would be a fan if I had, had nothing to do with the shows. So having any kind of credibility at all to mm-hmm. talk about doing the show with Nickelodeon and have them get excited about it. And then we brought Dante on, who plays Prince Zuko in Avatar The Last Airbender and General Iroh in The Legend of Korra um, and is a friend of mine who I've done many cons with and mm-hmm. really love being with. And we're very, very different Um it's it's a great dynamic and it's been so fun. We've recorded, I want to say we probably recorded like 16 episodes, but we've only, we've ne- just now launched uh, last week and have released three. So um, it's that space of like, well, I hope people like what we've done because we've already done right. all of those and <laughs> we're not going to go back and change them. So, well, I'm sure but they so will. far so good. Let's back up a little bit. Like where, uh, where did you, where were you situated when it comes to these original uh, The Last Airbender and stuff like that? Like, were you a big fan? Was this something you had always been into? And is like that was that the seed of it all? Yeah. Well, so when I auditioned for The Legend of Korra, I was a fan of The Last Airbender. Uh, I was a fan of Avatar, but was a recent fan of it. I came to it as a an adult um, just through so many friends of mine who were like, you have to watch a show. And then... I as as I was watching it, this audition came through for the sequel series, and I was so freaked out that I tried to emotionally separate myself from it. I actually had the thought like, oh, I wish I didn't know how great this is, because I know how great this second series is probably going to be. And uh, I stopped. I sort of put a, a, a I put the kibosh on watching it until I was fairly confident that I had not gotten a part on The Legend of Korra because uh-huh. it takes so long to find out uh, for some animation projects. Um, I'm not sure why, but 
for some reason, the casting process for animation just tends to be much more. It's like luxuriously long. <laughs> rather like how than, long are we talking here? I, I mean, I want to say and I'll have to ask. Uh, I'll have to ask. I mean, the guys won't remember, but maybe like Nickelodeon casting will. I feel like months and months passed. I wow. mean, I really felt like I feel like it was a long period of time from when I did the very first audition to when I remember when I got a callback, I, I said the words like, oh, that's not cast yet. Right. <laughs> and then from that to like a chemistry test, again, uh-huh. I was like, wait a minute. I have long since thought this job was went to someone else. And right. then and so so that and whereas with casting in, in live action, for the most part, you know, it's like we're shooting next week. <laughs> There's right. a lot of kind of like this is and this is the last piece is uh-huh. finding this person. And then we immediately start shooting. Uh, and so. Um, I had returned to uh, to the last Airbender, and then I found out I got the job, um, and just lost my mind. Yeah, completely lost my mind, and then was immediately terrified, uh, as we've been trained to be in Hollywood. And uh, like, how can this go wrong? When will I be right. fired? This is too good to be true. All of that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. And so, I absolutely love it, and it has been. It's just been a great opportunity when it dropped on Netflix, and. Both shows dropped last summer during the pandemic on Netflix and immediately just were at the top of Netflix um, charts. Is that what I don't happened? even know what that means, but yeah, uh, they were they were just sort of consistently like, oh, this is you know in in all over the world uh, right. in, on Netflix. These like two shows were yeah, and um, and so I thought because I had talked about doing something like this because I do have a lot of experience in podcasting. Um, having done the JV Club for no, nine years, over nine years, and uh, and Yay. I thank you. That's the first time a smattering of, pl- of applause has really felt <laughs> fantastic. Uh, and uh, and you know, I th- that was a real situation where a few years ago I thought, wow, if I could combine those two things and get mm-hmm. to do something kind of meta about these shows, I would love that. And I had mentioned it to Mike and Brian, but they were sort of off starting the Netflix live action thing. Right. Um, and that was sort of it was like nebulous because it was like, well, yes, they have a relationship to Nickelodeon, but now they're working on this other thing. And Nickelodeon hadn't licensed like mm-hmm. it's just all that sort of where does this belong kind of conversation. And but when it when it landed on Netflix, I was like, I, I got to. I'm going to have to try and pursue this again. And so I did reach out uh, this time to Nickelodeon and um, the timing was was right for them as well. And they were like, yeah, we want to we absolutely want to do this. We want to we're building, you know, out our podcasting world. And um, and so I've been working on it for a really long time. It's been, Mm -hmm. you know, like almost a year and it's it's just been amazing. It's been amazing. It's. It's just a show that both shows are, you know, they just there's just nothing about it that feels like limited or, uh-huh. you know, I mean, yeah, like there's a, there's also a SpongeBob SquarePants uh, podcast. I love everyone who did SpongeBob. I as people, yeah. I love the host. Um, I love Nickelodeon. They are a treasure to work with, at least in my personal experience. I don't know how I would do a podcast about SpongeBob. Like, I'm not right. sure what I would, and I'm sure tonally they're very different. But with uh-huh. Avatar Lost Airbender, we're talking about, you know, we're laughing and talking about, like, the silly, childlike, adorable stuff. We're talking about the quality of animation, but we're also talking about, you know, 
genocide and, you know, children having more responsibility than they're ready for and, you know, parental, frankly, abuse. And, you know, it's just Mm -hmm. it's very, very dense. There's a lot of layers to it. And so it's just not something I've ever gotten tired of uh, watching or thinking about. And um, and that's borne out in in doing the podcast. It's a blast. That's awesome. So this all makes sense to me now. I purposely didn't like look into a bunch of stuff. I know you've been posting a lot of um, stuff on your social meds. Uh, and I was like purposely like, oh, I don't want to know what's going on. because I just want to talk to Janet about it in person. Uh, so I get it now. Is it are you going episode by episode? Is it one of those? We are. But there's I mean, for example, there's at least 40 episodes to the first season of our podcast. And there are only uh-huh. 20 episodes of the first season of The Last Airbender. So oh, the three episodes we've released so far, we started, yes, with the very first episode, which is called The Boy uh-huh. and the Iceberg. We started with episode one. Uh, and we recap that. We also talked about kind of what we were, what our own experiences were working on the shows and what to expect from the podcast. Right. But then the very next one is a is a sort of deep dive conversation with Mike and Brian, who created the show, um, right. talking to them about the mythology, about their relationship, how they met at RISD. So um, cool. And then that conversation went on so long that it's a two-parter. So that just got released. And then the next episode that's coming out next Tuesday is episode is us recapping episode two. And then we have episodes where gotcha. we're just hanging with cast members uh-huh. um, and interviewing them and talking about stuff. We're talking to, um, you know, like, let's talk about the martial arts techniques. Let's talk about right. this uh, South Korean animation with an animator. Let's talk about the music composition because the fan base... They, my experience with them has always been that they have a really, really uh, deep interest and appreciation for the craft of yeah. the making of the show, sure. um, opposed to maybe, you know, I'm sure there are some fandoms that are more about like, you know, this funny Sit thing kills. happens on the show or I want to. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, so so there's that. And again, that feels unlimited. Like we're having a problem there, we have so many people that we wanted to fit into the I'm first sure. season that we're having a. Yeah. We're like, oh no, we're not going to have enough episodes. Can we? Maybe we can add some more. And uh-huh. you know, um, it's it's great. It's great. It's great to nerd out on. That's awesome. What about what is it about voice work for you? Is it is it your kind of? I don't want to say favorite kind of work to do. I know you know a lot of actors talk about how great it is to just go in there in your sweatpants and. Not have to go through hair and makeup and so all that I, stuff. I don't think and... I've ever in a single recording seen anyone in sweatpants. <laughs> I know, hate to out us all because I've also <laughs> joked that, but I mean. You like to look nice. Yeah. Everyone I know, <laughs> everyone I know looks like they might as well be going to a fancy dinner. A, a fancy <laughs> but, thumbs up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but is it, is that true though, as far as kind of shedding away some of the, the things that you need to do for camera? Is that a big part of it and a big relief? It is. It is. And, you know, when I started doing it, I think I was less conscious, but still a little conscious because I was looking around at all of these heroes of mine who Mm -hmm. have been doing it forever. You know, when like being friends with someone like Lorraine Newman, you know, she does a ton of kids voices on cartoons and I, I feel like she like, you know, put her arm around my shoulder and was like, you're going to be grateful you have these voiceover jobs when you're 60, you know, like. No joke. So that, I think that feels really good. That being said, I'm not, you know, a prolific voiceover actor like someone like her or like someone like, you know, Tara Strong or somebody who's just, it does right. everything all the time, is always working. Um, 
Because you know what? I'm a jack of all trades, master of none. Why not Janet? <laughs> Why Very not strong. Janet? She's producing a comedy festival. She's not. She doesn't have time to audition right now. Why not Janet? Well, that too. Yeah. Uh, I just found out about Tara Strong. Whose voice did she do that I just saw? She does a voice on Loki. She does like a an animated oh, clock voice Oh, that's what it was. Loki. Yeah. That's what I had just looked up. You're totally right. And yeah. then I realized that she's, you know, this. And she does a voice in. Legend. And she does a voice in Spirited Away. So not to worry. She does a voice does in Spirited Away. Yeah, she's oh, the baby. Yeah. Oh, my God. Isn't that funny? I'm not ready to talk about that yet. Great. I like Thanks that you for, said that. You really transition. said that in a too soon kind of way. Like, I'm not ready. I'm too afraid soon. I'm not ready to talk about that. I'm not emotionally ready to talk about that yet. Uh, when does uh, your podcast, do you say just launched the first couple of episodes? Mm-hmm. It launched okay. last Tuesday. Today is the, whenever we're recording this, I don't know if you're, I don't know if you want people, if there's, that's going to ruin the Magic, It'll be a couple but, of weeks old, I think. This um, yeah. will come out in a couple. So mid June, we we launched we launched the podcast in mid June, and uh, and we are we drop every week. The only reason that we have three out now is that we did you know sort of a bonus on our opening week and did right. dropped another one on Friday. But in general, uh, every Tuesday. That's great. I bet that's so much fun. I love it. I love it. Listen, and I, I'm we, sure we people are going to love it. Super fans from other communities. We want to have them come in and talk about what mm-hmm. it means to them. So you have uh, time to become an expert in, oh, okay. you know, in that world. And then you can come and talk about why you like it. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens, with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual-wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is Ashley Iconetti from the Ben and Ashley I Almost Famous podcast. Tennessee just sounds perfect. Whether that's live music, the crack of a campfire, or kids laughing on an adventure. To start planning your trip, visit tnvacation.com. Tennessee. Sounds perfect. I mean, I guess we can go ahead and start talking about Spirited Away a little bit because I, my background with anime uh, is not was not strong at all. Uh, I didn't ever watch any of it, didn't ever read any of the uh, the comics, and it's just not something I was ever... I, I think I'm, maybe I was a little too old well, by the, the time yeah. it came around. I was going to say, that the, the same is true for me in the sense that, like, no one was telling me about anime being... I knew it existed because mm-hmm. I lived in San Francisco, and when you go to, you know, spend time in Japantown, as I did, because I worked right, right near there, um, I would always go into these, like, I'm sure I'm going to 
butcher this word, but kinokuniya, these the books, Japanese bookstores, and they mm-hmm. have, you know, manga and they have like anime that you could buy on, on a DVD. But that seemed like something that people who knew about it already knew everything about it and it belonged to them. Right. And no one was saying like, come over to my house and let's watch this show. Yeah. And so, and, be- and because, um, because it didn't become as, as widely available until much later, I, I think you're right. I think there are people younger than us who were right there for like Crunchyroll, which, you know, was, is streaming and like, is just, all kinds of exposure to, to anime, and then you, mm-hmm. I, I, I waffle between saying anime and anime, um, mm-hmm. depending on like how seasoned the person is I'm talking to. I feel like I have to <laughs> say it the right way. It's like it's like going yeah. and being like, I would like to order an enchilada and right. tutacos, um, which where I, do I fall on the seasoning scale? Where do I? Where, uh, I mean, zero. You fall. <laughs> you on, said it both ways. Zero. <laughs> yeah, I'm saying it anime for you, and then for uh-huh. any listener who right, the first- is seasoned. <laughs> I am also, I want to make sure they know it's like a secret, secret word, right. only slightly different. Yeah, because I'm a zero, you would say anime, and I'm like, what the fuck yeah. does she keep and saying? Also, I don't even know what that word is. To quote Brian Konetsko, one of the creators of Avatar, as he's sort of talking about their influence and vice versa, he was like, he pointed out, he was like, I mean, it's just short for animation. Like, they're, right. they're the same thing. It's it's really okay. Um, yeah. But uh, But yeah, so there's... Tons of stuff that I didn't get that I still haven't seen because now the library of of options, even just on mm-hmm. Netflix alone, is just endless. There are people yeah. who only watch who are American mm-hmm. who only watch anime. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and, and when I go to conventions that are that are heavily on that side, like rather uh-huh. than on the kind of pop culture, like, oh, look, there's an actor from Guardians of the Galaxy, too. Like, that's right. not um, I always feel like wildly intimidated because there's always a ton of cosplay that I just don't recognize. And I have to sure. be like, tell me, tell me who, what you're dressed as. And you can see the look of disappointment cross over their eyes. Uh, like, oh, I thought course. you were cool enough to know what this was, Janet. Yeah, Thanks yeah, yeah. a lot for not knowing, <laughs> you know, Um so, but but these are but but these movies are uh, are sort of the most accessible. They were they to me they be they were I think and are, and it's true for a lot of people. Um, it, that's the first exposure to what what you consider uh, Miyazaki is like the first mm-hmm. you know anime. I can't I really can't decide. It's terrible. I'm gonna say anime. I'm gonna say anime. Uh, that 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 many people ever saw because it was you know. Spirited Away in particular was, you know, an Academy Award winner and it was uh, it did very, very well worldwide. And and so I think it was kind of a gateway, whereas like Avatar, The Last Airbender and Legend of Korra are kind of a gateway um, animation to anime for some people. Right. Uh, so so is and and for much longer and deservedly so is is Miyazaki. Yeah. The other thing that happened, too, was, um, you know, my adopted daughter, Ruby. I was going to say, mentioned... how are you feeling about her being the right age to watch something like this? Or well, this is well, scary, but th- I'll, I'll get to that in a second. This is I'm not ready uh, to talk about that no. yet. <laughs> Janet, by the way, just fully put her hand in front of the camera <laughs> uh, in a stop in the name of love fashion. <laughs> That's right. Um, so the reason I said my adopted daughter Ruby because I'm not like uh, Royal Tannenbaum and like that's how I introduce her to people. <laughs> But it's it's pertinent to the story. So when we adopted her, we went out to um, to where we adopted her from, and 
there's this process of getting to know uh, birth mom. And so we're getting to know, uh, uh, you know, if, I'm not going to say her name just because I want to protect her identity and stuff. But sure. uh, we were getting to know her and she's this kid, you know, who's who's giving us a child. Yeah. And uh, very young and um, was way, way, way into anime. It was one of her passions. And I didn't know anything about it. And I'm so you're in a situation where you're trying to connect a little bit. And because you're also even though they've decided you also always feel like you're sort of auditioning sure. to be like, you know, I'm going to be a good dad and stuff like that. And so I was sort of not faking interest, but like, oh, yeah, that sounds so cool. You know, like, blah, blah, blah. Tell me about it. Yeah. And through those conversations, it really became clear what it meant to her. And it wasn't just these cartoons that she was watching. Right. And I realized for the first time speaking to her how much meat on the bone there was because she was really into it and really got into telling me about how it's not like what you might think it is. Right. And so flash forward to a year ago, now that Ruby is, she's almost six and at the time like five-ish, getting to the point where she can watch some of the stuff, I thought, you know what, this is, I think, in a way sort of honoring the birth mom to try and uh, turn Ruby onto some of this stuff. Yeah. And, and hopefully they will meet one day and they can have, you know, something sort of in common like this. And so we watched uh, my neighbor Totoro sure. uh, to start her out and Emily and I and Ruby watched it and we were all just like completely charmed and entranced by how wonderful that movie is. Yeah. And got her a Totoro stuffy, a lovey and uh, she sleeps with it. And Cute. it's just, it was so wonderful. And then moved on to Spirited Away which for her age was a little bit more intense. It's scary. It is scary. Yeah. Isn't it? All right. I yeah. I was going to ask scary. if I'm wrong. It is scary. I mean, she was, she was fine. She's always been able to separate fact from fiction. Mm -hmm. And if she gets a little scared in a thing, she'll just like snuggle up a little tighter, but she's never, it never freaks her out later. She never has nightmares. Okay. She's always been able to punch above her uh, class. Okay. Movie -wise. Then you got to start watching the last airbender with her because if okay. she's, if she was fine with spirited away, she is going to be totally fine with the last airbender and it is so adorable it's just wonderful and well i want to watch cora yeah, too yeah. so i can tell well, yeah, her but you got to watch them in order and cora is Korra. scarier so she can age up into cora so you need to watch airbender before cora i, I mean it? many people don't no you don't have to watch them in that order to get it um at all there are definitely people who watched cora first and then who watched the last airbender i'm sure there are last airbender fans who are like i can't believe you just said that janet but from Mike and Brian's own lips. Uh -huh. Absolutely, you can watch one before the other. Um, that being said, certainly chronologically, like the, La like the Last Airbender takes place 70 years before The Legend of Korra. So okay. there are absolutely, there's a value inherent to watching The, the Last Airbender first. And uh, it's just it's just better for younger kids. I mean, I think it's, mm -hmm. it's, there are sometimes there are people who bring up their kids who are like four and they say she's obsessed with Korra. And in my mind, I'm like, I would not have been able to handle The Legend of right. Korra when I was four. I mean, I couldn't handle, you know, Bambi when I was four. So I'm trying. Oh, boy. Bare, barely she still talks handle about it now. Bambi. Barely <laughs> handle it now. Yeah. She has a hard time with all those Disney movies because she's like, why is always someone's always fucking dying? I know. I in these movies. And she gets really tell upset. Her she should not be saying why is someone always fucking dying with that much <laughs> vehemence in public. In public, people are going to think that's a little weird. <laughs> Maybe so. Uh, I'm trying to watch your Cora show though, and you're pushing me away from it. I'm pushing you away it, it, because why not, Janet? 
Because you because you will not regret watching The Last Airbender first. Okay, all right. You won't regret it, and it flies yeah. by. And there's and it's almost sad how fast it flies by because it's so good. I just realized I have my notes on my phone for this, so I'm going to email those while we keep talking. Okay. For Spirited Away, um, I just I'm I'm stuck on the idea and how charmed I am by the idea of you you know still feeling like you wanted to impress the the mother Ruby's mom. I think that's yeah. so lovely. But I was sort of imagining well, yeah. you having like you're being like, let's talk more about enemy. Here, hold this uh, baseball mitt. Uh, right. gra- grab this tr. Let me. This is princess tr, a child size. Uh, hold on to that for a second. <laughs> like, how else are you trying to? You know what? How do, how does one other than just to try to telegraph as many ways as possible what a great person you are? Like, that's that's just that's such a specific experience that we don't hear about very often. You oh, know, yeah. the experience, I mean, surely, right? There's the experience, I'm not making you talk about it, but the experience of, of your, I'm going to be adopting your child. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very intense. And here's, and here's how I want you to feel about that and feel about me is very yeah, intense. It is very intense. Uh, one of these days I'm going to do, I don't know if it's, would be on stuff you should know, because we may do a show on adoption, but I'd probably refrain from getting super personal there. Sure. But at some point I feel like I want to like, talk about that a lot yeah on, like to, to the people on in the internet uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> the most impersonal way i do because it's a, a great I have story got to share it with nameless faceless strangers <laughs> well for the the reason why is not to, to do anything for me but i think that there's so much uh I think so many people are scared of something like adoption because it's yeah. super, super fucking scary. Yeah, uh, that they might shy away from it, and yeah. I think I think more people need to tell their story because it is fraught with many, many complications. Yeah, uh, but it's it's worth it because you know. And I would say you know without I'm speaking directly out of uh, to quote Ira Glass, Modern Jackass magazine, but I feel like as people, as more and more people of this generation of future generations wait to have kids, mm-hmm. perhaps adoption will become even more prolific yeah. just because, They're you know, with it's just, choice. yeah, it's a better choice for all kinds of reasons yeah. within the context of like, well, I'm 48 and I've decided that it's really yes. important to me to be a mom. You know, how, yeah. what's that going to look like? The more that's out there supporting that as a viable choice, if, mm-hmm. you know, if that's, if that's right for somebody, the, the more, the, the better. I mean. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I love it. Maybe I'll do that one day. Share it with the internet. <laughs> it's not even a uh, person. So when we, I'd, I'd heard a lot about, <laughs> I'd heard a lot about Spirited Away, obviously because it's just, it was such a huge movie and a big award winner. And what are you drinking? What is that? I'm sorry to say it's a matcha. It's an iced matcha latte. That's all right. But it's also. Did, did you just say with... that in a dumbed down way for me? How's it really pronounced? <laughs> Matasha latte. <laughs> Ugh. Uh, so Spirited Away is something I knew about because it, it, I mean, even though I wasn't a fan, you can't be a, just a fan of movies and watch the Oscars and stuff like that and not know about it. Yeah. But it was always in that category of like, oh, I'm not into anime, so I'm not going to watch that like right. a dummy. Right. Like what a clo- closed-minded way to think. And when we finally watched it, I didn't know what to expect because Totoro was so, just such a simple story and so lovely and spirited away was just so like druggy mind bending right and and out there and grotesque and 
scary and uh I, I i was just like what the at times i was like what am i watching yes this is, yeah like it blew me away yeah well that's one of the reasons that i am so fascinated by it and why i think it's so it's so interesting to talk about because this is a very very bad uh comparison so i sh- probably shouldn't even be doing it but okay. you know how like there are like this is a very bad example and it's of course i'm like i'm whitewashing everything and americanizing it but because i'm american bear with me Radiohead is not a band I would have ever thought would have become a huge band all over the world because, you know, Tom York is interested in making more like his music was just becoming more and more experimental and the more Uh experimental became and the less sort of mass appeal you would think it had their star continued to rise. And that's not always the case. Mm-hmm. Um, because you know, there's all, all you can snob out in pop culture and go like, oh, well, the, you know, a lot of the time, really popular stuff is not necessarily great because it's been watered down or it's doesn't have as unique a voice or whatever. Um, and so the fact that something like this crossed so many cultures and and was beloved to so many people in so many different age groups and is yeah. still so strange, I think, yes. is really cool and and worth noting. You know. Uh huh. I think that's a great comparison, actually. Oh, okay. Well. That's not bad. Good. I love radio. The two white people agree! <laughs> it's an internet first. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it. I think as Emily and I were both watching it, of course, with Ruby, we were both a little bit, uh, not thinking like, should we turn this off? Because she was really loving it. But I think we were just, I, I didn't know it was so kind of, batshit crazy right until we started getting into it and it's one of those that i watched it again like just finished right before i recorded with hodgman again for the second time and i know it's a movie i'll revisit because it's one that i know you could probably see 20 times and just visually still find new things that just blow your mind somewhere in the frame yeah absolutely and i will say i mean that's the feeling that i have watching it is it taps so quickly into the being a kid and feeling out of your element somewhere, even if mm-hmm. it's the <laughs> everything I say is so American, even if it's the mall, uh, <laughs> like a kid getting lost in the mall. Uh, but, you know, just that feeling of homesickness. I mean, I yeah. felt it activates my feeling of homesickness uh-huh. immediately because it's so it is so strange and she's transported so quickly and she's yeah. so adorable and the the sense of like loneliness of mm-hmm. feeling like I don't have anything to hang on to. I've got no sort of touchstone. I don't yeah. know what's happening to me. Uh for it, it doesn't pull its punches on that, to be sure. And I completely understand why you'd be watching it with Ruby and going like sort of co- constantly just then watch it, realize you're, oh, I'm just watching her. I'm not even watching the screen. I just want to make sure however she's responding to this. Because I promise you, if I was four, five, six, seven, possibly eight, nine, ten, there were so many movies that my dad thought I was ready for that right. he would turn have to turn off because I would just be sobbing, uh-huh. sobbing. And... It's those freaking mirror neurons. Like when yeah. when a child would be afraid in in, in, a, in a moment in a movie or even an adult, I would just be racked with like fear and sadness, and I would have to yeah. take a break. It would be like, okay, Jay, do you want it now? 
here, there's all here are the categories. Do you want uh-huh. to stop watching it and never come back to it? Right. Do you want to keep watching it and power through the emotional right. breakdown you're having? Yeah, yeah. Or do you want to maybe we just take a break? Why don't we right. stop playing it and then we'll come back to it? I had to do that with The Life of Pi, like the uh-huh. year that came out. I knew I couldn't see it in the theater. I was like, nope, right. not going to see it in the theater. An adult. Finally got around to it. And I and I was like, I, I got, you know, 40 minutes in and I was crying so hard that I was like, I'm going to have to walk away from this. Yeah. Might go get a cup of tea. Uh-huh. Like get myself back together. I know I'm going to finish it, but I cannot do it in one sitting. Um and this yeah. absolutely would have been the case for me. I would have the minute she's scared the first time and starts crying, I uh-huh. would have been like, "Okay, why don't we stop this? Why don't we right. go for a bike ride?" <laughs> and then we'll come back and we'll be ready. We'll be stronger and tougher. <laughs> we'll have processed the first few minutes. Right. You know. Yeah, the good thing about kids or at least in my experience with Ruby is that they're they're so just br- brutally honest and yeah. like she'll let us know uh first of all we don't even have to check in. Um, and also, like, just the little things that you find a five-and-a-half-year-old saying watching a movie, like, Spirited Away along the way. Yeah. You know, the running commentary, which is... <gasps> oh, I wish I could just, have heard it. I, it's the sweetest thing because it's the basest, most honest take on something. Yeah. Uh, through those little eyes. Like, um, it, it really helps you point... Because it can seem like a convoluted story when you read a plot summary of it. It sounds batshit crazy and hard yeah. to follow. And it is well, and bonkers. As, like you said, as you're watching it, you're going like, I am so engrossed in this. But if you uh-huh. asked me, what is this movie about? Right. I would give the most cursory answer knowing it was a waste of time because no one will get the sense of what it is just by saying like, a little girl gets lost in a mystical bathhouse. Like, that, right. you, you're, it's over. You can't talk about it, you know? But it is about like, it's one of those movies that an adult can go and research afterward, which is what I did. What's it about? Yeah. And there are all these. I know. I'm excited to talk about those themes because I, too, had to be like, OK, yeah, I, I, I had to look I it up. know I'm missing stuff. I, it was that feeling. <laughs> it, and, and even that is a little kid feeling right of being like, right. I know this represents something specific and uh-huh. I cannot look. I can't eyeball it and say, well, <laughs> Clearly, that's the difference between the working class and capital. Like you, you yeah. might be able to fudge it. At a best, little bit of this stuff is know? sort of yeah. obvious, but it, it's a, a movie that you can research and dive into. But the beauty of it is, it's also a movie that can exist in so simplistically for a five and a half year old. Absolutely. And she's scared. She wants her parents. Yeah. She loves Haku. Yeah. We we all love Haku. We all love Haku. He's a dream boat, first of all. I think do you we want all to be need him. A, do you want do you <laughs> love him or be him? I'm not sure. Does, do we, we have to choose? A, no. A handsome little Japanese dragon boy in her life to take That's care right. of things. For That's us. right. Oh, he's such what a splendid dragon he becomes. Yeah, very splendid dragon. Um, but let's talk about some of those themes because I did some research, and you know, some of the more obvious things is the class distinction, and like, you know, obviously these parents literally become pigs. Yeah. After they drive up in their Audi, and the it dad takes talks it easy about on you at first. You're like yeah. cash and credit cards yeah. and. You know, it's 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 pretty black and white. But as the movie goes on, there's there's so much going on that I I, I found myself wondering, all right, the the three green heads, um, right. one of them has a full mustache and the oh. other two do not. <laughs> like, like you were in an escape what room. Is, what does that mean? <laughs> You're like, okay, one of these mustaches is different. If I activate that one, I will get out of the escape room faster. Um, I'm serious. Looking, though. No, it, it's true. It's true. It makes you sort of. Rethink yes. everything, which yes. is a testament to it, I think. Absolutely. What other themes have you found, Janet? <laughs> <laughs> I 
I was setting you up to go, well, there's also. And who could forget, she said, hope holding up her face. Well, I think the other another really big one is no face. Right. Like wondering, right. like trying to understand, especially from, you know, the, the the sense you get of that character before he kind of transforms um, and trying to sort of understand, like, OK, is he something it's it feels like he's mirroring his environment but uh-huh. is that a very specific reference or is it just this the sort of idea of how malleable we all are and how we need right. you know some we we do need that touchstone we do need that guide that who is going to remind us you know what the who we are or 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 what the best version of ourselves might be um which actually I don't know if that's like fully answered. I think I mean it's it talks talks about the idea of him being, you know, like reflecting the characters who s- surround him, like and then becoming the things you consume, which makes mm-hmm. you become even more of the thing that you've consumed. Like if you sort of, uh, it becomes this kind of cycle. Um, but th- I, that's such an interesting character, and I will also say that that is a oft cosplayed character because when you oh, look really? at the characters in Spirited Away, you're like, ooh, a lot of these would be a real challenge to right. uh, pull off and pay homage to. Yeah, if you're like no trying face. to get around in a convention center, you put on your black cloak and you paint a beautiful no face mask. You have anonymity, and mm-hmm. you you know, provided you're not eating people, um, you stay pretty <laughs> small, and <laughs> you can you can navigate yourself across the con floor. Yeah, and what was the magic trick that Miyazaki uses to somehow get different emotions out of No Face? Oh, I know. And almost seemingly expression, but it doesn't yeah. change. Yeah. I mean, it's all it's all in our own heads as a viewer, I think. Yeah, and this and just the I mean, I I realized that I was leaning forward so hard yeah. when he's just going uh 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 like you really are like I I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm yeah. okay. I'm right here. Like I'm trying to understand. I want to understand um, that 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 could have such a strong effect and be so simple. And you could say that for the whole movie, but that's definitely an example of of like, oh, I, how do I help you? What do I? Yeah. What do you need from me? You know. There's a lot of that in this movie. I think uh, because you identify so strongly with all of the characters to want to jump through the screen and lend a hand. Yeah. Um. And and it's hard as a person of my age coming into this stuff for the first time i can't not compare it to disney and sort I think of that's totally fair well look the, disney had a i mean they it was like pixar who kind of right helped shepherd in the movie on the american side so were you thinking of the brooms the brooms uh and the little set characters well i just mean sort of period it, like yeah. just the different different animation styles the the fact that there is and you know i love the disney stuff i love the pixar stuff and they 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 do have substance but there's so much more meat on the bone with this stuff than your typical Disney thing. And I think part of that is all the symbolism that you may not quite have with the Disney movies. Part of it is it's not wall to wall pop music. Um, You don't always know, you don't know to look for the hidden penises uh, in (laughs) the little mermaid. (laughs) And I love the, the music of all, I mean, I can listen to, and now I have to, and I've enjoyed listening to, Frozen and and, uh, and Frozen Two and uh, what's the one on the island with the girl? It was so great, Moana. A Moana, yeah. Like I love all those songs, but there was something really refreshing about seeing a movie like this with just that wonderful score 
and not feeling like they're trying to sell a soundtrack right. on top of it. Well, it's funny because there are elements of it. I brought up the 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 brooms um, from Fantasia with the yeah. little soot creatures because there are some sort of like you could compare some of it to Fantasia, which is, yeah. you know, not something that Disney continuously repeated. But it was this very strange, special mm-hmm. experiment that did have all of these different like styles and all of these and was, you know, so largely based yeah. in the music and I mean, it was entirely based in the music and and some, you know, more mature sort of themes. Um, but did yeah, Miyazaki see that, I wonder. You I'm sure about... he did. I'm sure he did. I have yeah. absolutely. I'm again, Modern Jackass magazine do not know what I'm talking right. about. <laughs> it seems unlikely that he wouldn't have been exposed to that. But I mean, that's a thing where it's like, well, if that was a mild influence or inspiration, you've taken it to the nth level and so far out, you know, surpassed whatever your influence was profoundly. Um, And I realized also, by the way, that I was lying. Uh, This was not the first anime that I ever saw. I did. I saw I saw I know that there's something else that I saw in addition to having seen something called Barefoot Jen which mm-hmm. is um, anime that I watched in an ethics in film class when I was in oh, college. Wow. And it is a horrifying, sh- heartbreaking, shattering, as it should be, uh, <laughs> anime about a little boy and uh, and the bombings in Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Uh, and it is fucking horrible. Yeah, it will haunt you forever. I there are things in that movie I can't unsee, uh-huh. and it is chilling. And it was definitely something that you know I it, it's so well done. But boy, is it! I mean, it's like you know the only comparison is the wall, I guess. You know, right. in that it's just you're like, oh yes, the things that can be achieved through anime uh-huh. in terms of depicting human horrors that we yeah. <laughs> put each other through, uh, no, no bounds. So if yeah. if anybody wants to see something that will shatter their soul and make them never question whether Americans should be hated by other countries uh-huh. <laughs> for decisions they've made through time, oh, wow. it's it's really something. It's really something. Well, anime definitely feels like it's much more willing to walk through the door of of making a movie that really teaches kids something much more deeply than sort of the Disney stuff. I mean, there were plenty of less. Every Disney movie has its lesson. But I don't think they're dumbed down. They're just very sort of down here and basic. I can't wait to have this conversation after you've watched The Last Airbender because... (laughs) You're twirling your hair. Guess what? You will not say that about those. Oh, okay. You will be like, wow, I can't believe Ruby loved it for this. But the whole time during that episode, I kept thinking, God, this is so, you know... There's some deep, deep stuff in there. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. 
It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual-wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is Ashley Iconetti from the Ben and Ashley I Almost Famous podcast. Tennessee just sounds perfect. Whether that's live music, the crack of a campfire, or kids laughing on an adventure. To start planning your trip, visit tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. I guess one of the big themes is that I sort of talked about the parents feeding their faces, and there's so much grotesque sort of uh, what was it called? The stink, the stink, stink the stink spirit. Stink there's spirit. so there's so much overconsumption and purging. Yeah. We're so the the theme of regurgitation <laughs> and like expellation, I guess. That yeah. is so I mean it just that happens over and over and over. Yeah, there's a lot of puking. Uh like the idea I mean, of being like I'm going to sit down with a, you know, bag of popcorn uh-huh. and some Snickers yeah. and just, you know, It'll drive you toward vegetarianism. It will. I think. It will. I don't know if that was any of the the point of it. Um, I love the, uh, the just that whole first bathing sequence uh, from the moment it started to the moment it ended was just so fucking weird and yeah. amazing. Yeah. Uh, because you're trying to figure out as a first time watcher, like what even is what is going on? Yeah. At this bathhouse. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and like I think. You spend most of the movie trying to figure this out, and it, and you think, boy, this is nuts, and that's in the first third-ish of the movie. Yeah. And it just gets crazier and crazier. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It doesn't... It's so unapologetically bizarre, and it's not like things get wrapped up in a way that... that like, like using just one, this as one example, you know, the the main character, uh, Yukuba, right, is or Yububa. I, I don't want to say that wrong. So I, I hope you, that you can edit that out. Um, no, I'm leaving. Yeah. No, yeah, I beg you. I beg you. I don't need the hate <laughs> mail. I do not need the hate mail. Um, yeah. Yububa, Thank you. Uh, but the fact that she has we find out, you know, towards the end of the movie. Well, not really. Uh-huh. I mean, maybe it's halfway through, but that she apparently has a twin sister and That's her last third. Yeah. Yeah. And and a twin sister, Zaniba. And then when we meet, we go to Z- and then Zaniba says is, it has this wonderful she has this uh, that they, they all have this kind of wonderful experience with her. Yeah. And she's she a says, sweet Please granny. Call me. Call me granny. Yeah. And then when. Sen goes back to see Yabuba, she calls her granny. Yeah. And that's granny right at the end. And you're, and you're like, Oh, wait a minute. And, but nothing is, that's it. That's your, that's your, your experience of, is that, is she, is she one and the same? Right. Is, is there's nothing helping you along other than that she calls her granny. And then you sort of project back and go, well, Yabuba does fly away every right. Day, where is she going? I, I need a twelve-year-old maybe... to explain it to me. Yeah, exactly. Like for real. Yeah, 
But I mean, I th- but that's uh, the other th- idea is like there's no one is ever any one thing. And I mean, yeah. as much as you would think, oh, this person stands for this. So this person represents this. Everyone's constantly transforming. People have more than yeah. one name, um, uh-huh. you know, so there's like there, I mean, there's as much transformative stuff that just keeps happening over and over as there is puking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as there is and- barfing out sludge. Uh, in in my research, I did find that um, shape shifting is such a big thing in Japanese culture. So, I mean, this movie is just full of it, like things morphing into different things all over the place. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know that I've ever seen a movie with so many original looking creatures. It's you know when you're used to when you're raised in America and you're you've seen only Disney, you see kids and adults and like a talking animal, one right. one par- a talking parrot or something. Right. Right. And that's sort of the extent of it. Maybe some of them get a little more creative than that, but like nothing that comes close to touching this. <laughs> and also, why, I, I, when you're watching it, what, why, why are some people presenting as human? Why are right. some people? Why are some creatures sort of human? What you know? Wh- and then the other creatures look baby? nothing like them. The big giant baby. <laughs> You know, some things are have almost no shape at all and, ha- yeah. and are just totally just sort of shadows with like a little bit of a hint of maybe two eyes. And then yeah. some are fully articulated and have giant bushy mustaches and multiple arms and little claw nails. And they're the good right. ones. <laughs> they're, right. They're or the kind-hearted the, ones. Or they're the tiny little black uh, little I know. Those little soot guys are so cute. Yeah, little sooty dust guys. Yeah. Uh, I think... You know, there's so many little things about the movie that make it stand out above the rest. Like one of my favorite sequences at the end when she's taking the train with no face. Oh. And instead of just having the train on the tracks, the tra- the tracks are underwater. Yeah. And that just like all of a sudden everything is reflected. And it's yeah. just a little decision like that where, you know, whereas it could have just been a train track is just it's amazing. Yeah. And those all the backdrop painting is just yeah. So stunning. I mean, it hurts your heart how beautiful some of those renderings are. And, yeah. um, you know, I had th- there are these moments where I'd be like, oh, I'm going to look away to, gra- you know, pick up my glass of water. I know. What'd and then miss? I would go, what? wait. And then you would fa- and then I would rewind. And it was like on that, especially specifically on the train. It was like, oh, the blank space. Yeah. Quotey quotes that they're that they're going through. You don't want to miss that because there's this sort yeah. of open landscape that's just might as well be an abstract painting but it's just beautiful it's just beautiful to the eye yeah i mean the whole third act is just full of so much emotion and heart uh i think there's a lot of like sort of figuring it out of the story and a lot of fear of what's going on through the first two thirds and then that last third it really goes in a much more as far as if you're used to watching disney and more traditionally able to digest it thing like linear even it's just like a sense of yeah. what is a standard linear storytelling style or... sort of yeah and then like oh my god when she's flying with uh haku and she remembers the story about the shoe oh jesus Christ. yeah and he oh, turned yeah. and, and she remembers that he was the spirit of the river and he changes back it's just like yeah the music's swelling and oh i'm like I'm, getting I'm, choked up just thinking about i know it. i'm like crying in my house at a on a uh, what's this? A Wednesday uh-huh. <laughs> at noon, about to record with Hodgman, and I'm finishing up that movie. I'm like, I got to pull it together. Yeah. <laughs> and you yeah. know, Ruby's like, yeah. Why are you guys crying? <laughs> like, well, this is very sad. He remembers he was a river, yeah. and she's like, But that's happy. And I'm like, yeah. Oh, kids. I know. It's so simple. Yeah. 
it really acted. That was that was another thing that I was not expecting was um, and this is, you know, perhaps speaking of going deeper than necessary for Movie Crush. But uh, I it I felt I'm I'm so used to crying during movies. It's, it's a non-issue. I mean, that's yeah, that's that's here. expected. Um, but I had <laughs> the the feeling that for those of you who have experienced a loss that has resulted in tremendous grief uh, of some kind, I had that like you can't take a deep enough breath kind yeah. of feeling where grief is like, oh, I don't have lungs anymore, only grief. And right. it just there's a sense of there's a really scary out of control feeling about grief yeah. sometimes and crying and feeling like, you know, you really understand why there are cultures that that have keening and that wail and mm-hmm. and that 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 is a necessary part of right. of grieving because they're speaking of regurgitating. Right. There is a sense of needing to get something foreign that's lodged inside of you out yeah. so that yeah. you can continue to be a person and survive. Uh-huh. And that started bubbling up in me. Wow. And I was so unprepared for it. And it like everything with this movie, not like everything you can definitely draw. Yeah. As we said, we're identifying certain themes. But at the same time, it's just abstract enough that you can't necessarily you don't have to necessarily point to any one thing because it's just this feelings are just being washed over you. And mm-hmm. the, and the music and the visuals and the sense of emotion, even not expressed through the specific experience of a character um, that I I was like, I couldn't necessarily say, you know, because Brandon was like, was like, oh, no, like, I like, oh, this has become something else now for you. Right. And yeah. sort of like how what what was what was was there a trigger? And mm. I was like, no, I don't know. It yeah. was almost like a sneeze. Do you yeah. know what I mean? It was just like, uh-huh. this is just happening to me. I'm just, ha- it's just happening. And yeah. I can't say, oh, I, it was that moment. This moment reminded me of my mom dying. Like, not right. at all. Yeah, yeah, But yeah. it had just been, it was just down there. It was like, I'm ready. Here I come. Guess what? I and know. I really, I really was like, I, I gotta, I gotta get this under control. Like, I have to sort of tell myself, like, you can breathe. Yeah. You can breathe. You know, it's it okay to have this though, feeling. It feels eventually. good. Absolutely. I mean, it always feels better, <laughs> like throwing up. Yeah. <laughs> the moment when the nausea stops and you realize that you have, you, your body feels amazing yeah. from going from feeling so intensely difficult on some level, uh-huh. is it is it that's its own high of just yeah. like, oh, I feel so much better. This is amazing. Yes. Yeah, I've had those moments through movies specifically where it, I don't even know, and if it, like you were saying, if it was something specific that was inside me that I clearly needed to get out, but I wasn't in touch with, but where I'd found myself just inconsolable and and just in a different state of upset than I'd ever been at at the end of a movie or something, and it happened a couple of years ago and I can't even remember the movie. So like, that's not even the important part. Right. Right. It's this, it's this literal physical reaction that happens. Yeah. Like we said, there are no lungs anymore. <laughs> it's so it's like your, your throat closes and it's uh it's very cathartic feeling. Um, yeah. 
I always wondered if like primal scream therapy would be something that would benefit me. <laughs> I mean, I, that's you. I get it. There are like creep, yeah, creepy seventies therapy that uh-huh. you see in like cult documentaries. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry to screaming. say, I'm like, now this I don't have a problem with. <laughs> it's like, that well, wait a minute. Looks... That that's the thing that most people are pointing to, going like, well, that's wrong. And no, I'm like, it looks very healing. Actually, hold on, no, <laughs> exactly. Oh goodness. Um. The uh, I'm surprised Disney didn't try to rip this off at some point, not this movie specifically, but after Spirited Away, I'm, I'm surprised they didn't say, well, let's try our hand at anime. Right. Or maybe they right. did and I, I wasn't aware of it. I don't even know. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I think, you know, like Big Hero 6 sort of has again, now I'm sort of conflating Pixar and Disney and that's not fair to Pixar in a sense. Um, Burn. It's not fair to either. <laughs> Look, it's not fair to either. Um, I have, I, I feel the same way about Disney stuff as, as you do. And yeah, I still want to do voice work for both. both I, potentially yeah, I, and, and, I'm, and I am available and I do, right. and I am a princess. I'm a princess, princess, princess. Uh, no, I mean, it's just, it. You, it's just a different, the experience that you expect to have is different. And that's not to say that there aren't Disney movies that have had, um, really lasting impacts on me and that I absolutely sure. cherish and adore. I oh, think yeah. to some degree, there is a sense of, I don't want to fetishize the otherness right. of being from a different culture, but mm-hmm. the experience of of watching, you know, I mean, even like something like Aladdin uh, is still told through the lens of American storytelling like that's okay this is how we understand this is this is the disney way of understanding this thing that you know is now like problematic yet also very beloved and important for other reasons to people and i get all of that um but i think there there's you know there's just something to be said for like we should all like we should all be so lucky as to have the opportunity to see art from all over the world that just feels really important and um and it might connect you with something inside yourself that you haven't had access to through art um, because some 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 way in which you've you've digested it like mm. there it hasn't touched a certain part you know um, yeah. that maybe something else will. Yeah, I mean, anytime I'm I'm traveling or here in Atlanta at the High Museum, anytime I see like something you know the art of Zimbabwe coming for two weeks to whatever yeah. whatever, I always try and go because you know. And a lot of times it's not something that resonates with me, but sometimes it is. Yeah. But it's just like, uh, well, you know, now I know what that's like. Yeah. Now now and I know what that country is putting out there. Absolutely. And and that definitely goes, I think, for, I mean, unsurprisingly, things that maybe would be more accessible or thought of as children's entertainment on some level, if mm-hmm. they are like Miyazaki or if they are like, you know, Hungarian, like, puppetry or i mean puppetry is a great example speaking of the center for puppetry you see the way if you see the way all these different cultures handle the same idea of like a doll that's moving Mm -hmm. on behalf of a person like it has some sort of human traits and characteristics um it's it's amazing what you can what you find is universal and then also those moments that you feel like, oh, I'm seeing something that comes from some totally other place in terms right. of, you know, like literally and and metaphorically. And that's it's, you know, it's exciting and it can it be is. uncomfortable. It can be uncomfortable. Yeah. And it doesn't even way. have to be another culture or country. Sometimes it can just be something. And this is a little off track, but it can be something that you just never previously were turned on to. Um, oh, 100 percent. Yeah. The, one of the maybe top two, three museum exhibits I've ever seen was the Alexander McQueen one 
mm. in New York that I was like, I don't know anything about fashion and high fashion and couture. And I know nothing about that stuff. So I go to the show and I'm just like blown away. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, I'm not all of a sudden some huge fashion guy, but I wanted to watch the documentary about this guy and I yeah. wanted to know more about his life. And it's like, you know, Emily and I went to the opera once in LA. We'd never been in the opera. Turns out we don't like the opera. Uh-huh, fair <laughs> enough, fair enough. But you gotta, you gotta try that shit. Yeah, I got a couple operas I bet you would like. <laughs> oh yeah? I don't mind being like a weird opera dealer all of a sudden. I got a couple of, I got a couple of operas I think you might like. We went to see La Boheme that Baz Luhrmann put on stage in LA when I lived there. Yeah. I was like, this is gonna be the one. It's Baz Luhrmann, it's opera. It's, and it, it, we just couldn't get into it. And we there's this, there's a German <laughs> opera company um, that did a, a version of the Magic Flute that was mm-hmm. like... Um, Tim Burton, nineteen to like Tim Burton meets the nineteen twenties meets oh, opera. Wow. It's they used a bunch of uh, film projection and mm-hmm. um and it's just strange and dark and unlike anything I had ever seen before. And I was like, oh, I love opera. And then I went and saw something more conventional. I was like, oh no, I appreciate opera. I appreciate right. <laughs> opera. I just love that opera. Then your dad comes told in, in that specific way and says, Janet, do you need to take a little break? Do you yeah. need to finish this later? Do you want to power through? Oh, that's what intermissions are for. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. It's your opportunity to leave with grace. Yeah. You know. <laughs> it's your opportunity to realize you left the stove on and that's right. fine. <laughs> um, well, just to wrap up Spirited Away, uh, I think the ending with um, it kind of struck me today like. The supposed goal is for her to be reunited with her parents, but it's not um, it's not one that if you grow up on Disney, you're conditioned that that is like the end all be all. Like as a viewer, you're not like you're kind of like, do you really want her to go back to her parents a little bit? But you know, she should. Yeah. And it pays off in exactly that way. Like, yeah, it's ending is so abrupt. You don't go it to see where she lives. It started very quickly and you know? it ends yeah. very quickly. You're like, yeah. I'm, I don't know where Chihiro is going to live. She's uh-huh. there going to see their new home. I feel sorry for her that she is back with the parents that were greedy enough that they, I mean, because at the end of the day, they were the ones who made the decision yeah. to, you know, we don't have an understanding of them having been magicked into gorging right. themselves on this food. Right. Um, that seems to be a decision that they fully made on their own. And yeah. um, and it's, yeah, it's so funny. Like, here, I immediately, Michael Chiklis just has one of those voices that I just, you know, immediately know it's him. And oh, I was like, oh, that's Chiklis. That is full on <laughs> Chiklis. Like, they're really, they really did it because they picked yeah. this, like, just very, like, hey, I'm just a regular guy, you know, right. voice as his, that's yeah, funny. yeah. And, and, and then I had to look up that it was Lauren Hawley who did the female voice because it wasn't quite as iconic sounding. Oh, was but, it? Yeah. Um, but uh, and Suzanne Plachette is the is. I saw that. Yeah. Legend. Which is yeah. Great. Like you have to smoke a lifetime. She had to. She really devoted a lifetime of smoking to that role um, with her incredibly raspy voice. But of course, it was perfect. Um, but yeah, she's she comes back and you really have a sense of like, oh, yeah, the regular world cool 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 right. and you know as she's going through the and then they're like well uh, you're gonna be going to a new school and she's like nah, i think i'll be okay credits like it's just yeah immediately very over yeah not a lot of sentiment attached like you were used to here in the states um well in and fact and she's of, like she's so she's feeling emotional and her mom's like Ugh, stop clinging i know like oh boy okay yeah it's it's <laughs> it's like can we go back to the 
to the spirit world, to yeah. the fantasy life. Yeah. It's a little bit of the Goonies effect of like the kid has this big adventure and then is reunited with the parents. And then it's kind of like, boy, Adventureland was so much better. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think um, we are and we are. Yeah, you're right. We're conditioned to feel like if it's a, it's a movie we think of for young people, there's more a sense of. Like, I have to be taken care of all the way through. And part of being taken care of all the way through means that there's something beautiful and mm-hmm. wonderful and and, uh, and and safe and great about being back with your parents. And yeah, meh, not, I think know, you wanted the parents to be different or like if it were here in the United States, the parents would have transformed somehow. Yeah. And been different. And then, you know, but this Miyazaki was just like, nah. Yeah. Back to it. Yeah, <laughs> kid. They wish they could have eaten more of the all, those beautiful dumplings. I know those dumplings that they eventually <laughs> probably threw up. Yeah. Uh, well, Janet, this was great. I think we were going to record a separate thing to go into the final mini crush, but I think since we're here and we're just chatting, yeah, uh, this is the last movie crush episode officially. Uh, you started the show off with with show number one, and everyone was like, "Oh." You started with Tron. <laughs> Maybe. A show no, about I, I think some of the best Tron. movies of all time. No, you came, listen, you came around. Uh, well, did you? I don't know. But you, <laughs> you, if if I recall correctly, you begrudgingly acknowledged that there was personal history that made my choice. No, not Fully at all. justifiable. Have you been hanging on to this for three and a half years? I am. This is a reckoning, mister. <laughs> okay. This is a reckoning. No, it's not even about the movies. It's about having these great conversations with uh, with people who are friends of mine sometimes and people who I don't know that I can connect with uh, about movies and art and culture. And um, you were the first person I had on because it was uh, it was just a no brainer for me to to have someone on who has done a lot for me in my personal creative life. And I know I've told you that before, but you have always challenged me to do things I didn't think I could do. And uh I know that will continue through the years with um, Sketchfest coming back, back, which I'm so excited about. But uh, I wanted to have you on here as the last guest. And you were actually, the fact, you were already scheduled. And then it's kind of been in the back of my head about ending the show. And then it kind of hit me out of the blue. I was like, wait a minute, Janet's coming on. It's like, I think this is it. Like, mm. this is a sign. You'll just mm. bookend it. And what an so, honor. I can't so thanks believe for it. Doing that. I, that means so much to me. I, I can't even tell you. I, um, I, 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 that means, that just means the world to me, Chuck. Um, because I've been wanting to do the show again and, um, and then dumb old Cole, like became, you know, the guy who comes on the show. It's like, oh, I guess he's going to do it. He's going to talk about defending your life. Great. Now I can't talk about defending your life either. Thanks, Cole. Let's just keep crossing off all my favorite movies off the list. Uh, no, it's, it, it, and it, and it really, you know, as you know, we were going to record earlier than this and my mom passed away and I was just mm-hmm. sort of. Take you know pulling back because at any moment I didn't know when that feeling was going to bubble up and right. it felt very very unpredictable and it felt like a lot to put another person through. If it's been great radio, great podcasting, but <laughs> I understand. Now you know you could have had an even juicier episode <laughs> if, it had, if we'd done it then. Uh, and so and and so I'm really really glad that it that it did work out because I don't know that you would necessarily have have thought you know 
oh, right. I, you know, Jan is probably wondering why I didn't follow up with her after her mom died to say, are you ready yet? Are you ready yet? Um, well, I, I certainly was trying to give you space and I knew it would come around at some point. Well, I just and then, too, you know, I I, I just miss you guys. I, I can't yeah. believe how much uh, love I have and, and such a deep connection I have with friends that I, I mean, I can. But, um, you know, I I I. I love you guys like you're my next door neighbors and we've lived next to each other for 10 years. I it's so insane how way. much so I would way. yeah and and so you know my it it really it's very touching to me that you would that you would have me on and, ha- and have it be the last episode. I I know I thank you. And I'm well, sorry you're that, and, I, and thank and, you. And if you're and, and if it's and if it feels good and like yes, I'm I was ready to be you know it's not like that obviously no one's saying it's not a show that you that you would have done forever that someone else was like, we're pulling the plug, buddy. Sorry. Right. You know, to feel like that's the nice thing. That's sort of representative of one of the nice things about podcasting is that you can go, I think I'm good. Yeah. Like this was great. Yeah. This was you great. Go out on your terms. I'll probably do some episodes here and there when I feel like it. No, this is the last episode. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? Don't undo everything uh, the agent said. <laughs> What an asshole. I can't believe I did that. <laughs> no, I've told people that I will do one-off episodes here and there, but of how course, about this? Of course. After every one of those potential last episodes, I will have you on again. <laughs> and we'll have this Thank moment you. again. <laughs> Won't be contrived. That would mean a lot to me. <laughs> you know what? I'll even watch whatever movie it was that your other guests wanted to talk about. Okay. And you can just tag me on and we'll just do one minute's worth where I tell you my opinion of the movie. And then we spend the rest of the time saying, well, right. This is You're it. wonderful. This is great. <laughs> what a run. Can you believe it? <laughs> oh uh, so thank you, Janet Barney. Where uh, what's what's the name of your podcast? Where can people find it? Uh, the Avatar podcast is Avatar Braving the Elements. Uh, it is available anywhere you get podcasts. It is an iHeartRadio uh, partnered presentation, but you can find it anywhere, Stitcher, Apple, all that good stuff. And it comes out every Tuesday. And uh, I do that again with Dante Bosco. And uh, and then obviously the JV Club has been around. Chuck's been on it more than once. Uh, I talk to people about their awkward teenage years. Um one of my favorite shows. Still. It's a very, it's very, very fun. Again, like Movie Crush, it's like, yeah, the premise is we talk about this, but it's really just about getting to know someone and getting a, ch- a chance to hang out. Um, and then, and then I do an improvised space comedy podcast called Voyage to the Stars with Kirsten Vangsness from Criminal Minds, Felicia Day, Colton Dunn, Steve Berg. Oh, wow, I didn't and, even know about this. Oh, one. you didn't? Oh, we've been. No. This is like we've just finished recording our third season, but only two seasons I think are out. Um, yeah, we, we, we're on a, we're on a madcap adventure, a bunch of people thrown together. I'm not even a person. I'm an AI on a ship that eventually gets a robot body, uh, (laughs) and, uh, and have a bunch of uncomfortable space misadventures that, um, most often results in us accidentally destroying a planet, uh, as we try to navigate back to earth. I got to check that out. You should look because it's, of course, a ton of your favorite people are the guests of it too. All right, Janet. Well, I can't wait to see you uh, hopefully next January at Sketchfest and hug your neck and get Brandon and Emily and all of us together again. Yes, please. I need it. My soul needs it. My soul needs it, too. And I'm so glad, again, to have been the very, very final, (laughs) final, final episode of Movie Crush. Final episode. All right. I'm going to let you have the last even word. So go ahead. What's your final word? Final episode. One word. (laughs) 
Bye, Janet. <laughs> Bye. All right, everybody. That was it. I hope you liked that as much as I did. I had such a good time talking to Janet. She's just, uh, you know, she's she's the best. I've said it before. I know you're tired of me saying that she's the best, but she really is. If you knew her, you'd say the same thing. So big thanks to Janet for for coming back and wrapping up the regular weekly interview editions with me. Uh, thanks to Janet for kicking off the show three and a half years ago with Tron. And uh, boy, it's it's been a lot of fun in between. And bookending this with Janet means a lot to me. So big thanks to her. So I hope you all enjoyed it. And I hope you take care of yourselves. This is not the end. Look for episodes here and there, everyone. They'll be coming at you with some regularity. But I love you all, and I thank you all. Look for a very special supersized mini crush coming up soon. As soon as I can lick this COVID and get everybody in the can that I wanted to. And uh, you're really going to enjoy that one. It's a lot of fun. So be well, take care of yourselves, get vaxxed, and continue to wear those masks, everyone. Movie Crash is produced and written by Charles Bryant and Noel Brown. Edited and engineered by Seth Nicholas Johnson and scored by Noel Brown here in our home studio at Ponce Market, Atlanta, Georgia for iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. This is Ashley Iconetti from the Ben and Ashley I Almost Famous podcast. Tennessee just sounds perfect. Whether that's live music, the crack of a campfire, or kids laughing on an adventure, to start planning your trip, visit tnvacation.com. Tennessee. Sounds perfect.